Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. Thank you so much for joining us on Progress After Dark. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by the hosts of the Doom Scroll Podcast, which I'm very excited about because they are very cool and funny. But let's get back to the phones for a second, get some of your calls in here. We are at 866-997-4748, and I'm looking for some of you all to talk me off this ledge here about what is going on with uh, Colorado. Again, I'll say it again. I think legally it's exactly the right call. Politically, I'm a little bit horrified by it. What do you guys think? There's an outside chance that Nikki Haley just became president. Just putting that out there, too. 866-997-GRIT. Let me go to Dean in Los Angeles. Dean, thank you for waiting on hold. You're on SiriusXM Progress. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Uh, I'm very you're good. You're on the ledge. I know. You're on the ledge. I'm on the uh, ledge, and I, I'll tell you, my life here is talking people off this ledge every night. Tonight, I'm a little bit on the ledge myself. Thrilled about the ruling, uh, horrified about what it leads to. I, I get that. I, I've... I suppose in the moment, I I must say that I I'm ambivalent. I, I think ambivalent is too uh, too polite a word. <laughs> I'm giddy. I'm <laughs> like iffy a, about the word like ambivalent. Little, oh, my oh. little six year old at Christmas time, and I know Santa has left something incredibly great under the tree, and I want my eyes are wide open, 4 a.m. and I just I, I can't go down there. I can't go down there. But. I want. Do you to. think this? Do you think this will lead to other states taking Donald Trump off their ballots? That's the real there question here. Because again, states. Colorado, yeah. he was never going to win. He was never going to get those ten electoral votes. So you know, my concern is that he's going to wind up fundraising millions and getting a lot of sympathy off of a state that was never going to give him anything anyway. True. Although uh, it, my, my personal feeling is, I look at it from the point of view of that we've had to tolerate a heck of a lot of really poor rulings and quote-unquote procedures that have really just polluted the way uh, of governance and elections mm-hmm. in the past. You know, we we had, a you know, the Supreme Court stopped, uh, you know, a president from being elected in, 20, right. in 2000. Come on. And well, so they stopped a recount. My personal they, feeling they, they is turnabout is fair play. They stopped a recount. And Jeb Bush stopped the president from being elected. The Supreme Court just made it easier. But yeah, you're exactly right. That's right. So, you know, but, but that's, I, my ter- you know, that's my terror here. Donald Trump, that the, the martyr victim narrative is going to be so obnoxious. I'm not ready to hear the word rigged or hoax or election interference 17,000 times tomorrow. They're going to go nuts over this. Oh, and McEnany again, already said gonna, it tonight. 
It's not going to convert anybody new, though. It's not. No, there'll be no new converts. But again, it'll make the existing converts all the more committed, and some of them more willing to commit violence. So you know, we'll see. That, that is that is true. Although I, I got to yeah. think that let's see. In a few weeks, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. But you know, my feeling is, right. I'm I'm kind of. Uh, I'd like to see what this goes to. I I doubt that the Supreme Court is going to, um, in in any way, like uh, hand him a bone. I, I think they're actually going to say, "Yeah, we we can't interrupt this." Um, and after having to tolerate, you know, this deranged wannabe fascist that has largely still been getting away with nearly everything he's done for a decade to kind of bring down our democracy. I think this ruling is the first true direct hit upon his ability to subvert another vote of the people. And for that, I'm all for it. I can't say it better than that. Again, I I, I can't disagree with anything they did. I'm just terrified of what happens next. Thank you so much for the true. call, Dean. I really do appreciate sure it. Thing, you yeah. know, I, 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 and yet my anxieties persist. If only I had people who were smarter and funnier and more attractive than me to make sense of this. And fortunately, in this case, uh, I do. I'm so pleased to welcome these next two guests to the show because, boy, Jesus, I'm a fan of these people. They do such a smart, smart sharp, funny show. Uh, Lisa Curry is a terrific comic you might already know, and she's a TV writer in L.A. She's written for NBC and Comedy Central. She was a staff writer on Jim Jeffries' excellent show. She just completed taping her first solo TV stand-up special uh, last week. Matthew Sheffield is a podcaster and a writer and a producer that you may have read about or seen in New York Times, The Washington Post, or NPR. He's the founder of Flux, which is a really cool new podcast network that's all about elevating new progressive voices. He previously worked as a writer in Pulse at the Hill and Salon. Together, Matthew Sheffield and comedian Lisa Curry host really one of the sharpest and most fun podcast YouTube shows, the Doom Scroll Podcast, which covers news from all corners every Wednesday. It is deeply smart, deeply inappropriate, very irreverent, and highly entertaining. What a pleasure to welcome Matthew Sheffield and Lisa Curry to SiriusXM. I'm so glad we could make this happen before the year is over. I promised you, Matthew, we'd do it. I'm so glad we could do it. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, we do have a lot of fun. Yes. And uh, we'll have some fun today as well. So yeah, well, thanks for having uh, us. I'm I'm excited to be here. <laughs> thank you. Don't get carried away about the fun. I'm not that good. But the for the kind words up top, I'm ready to go, actually. <laughs> that's really it. I'm, I'm just here because I wanted to see Lisa Curry do a zoom from the front seat of her car, because that's that's my favorite genre of filmmaking is, is that next to next to next to tearful right wing covid ward cell phone videos, people doing zoom shows from yeah. the front seat of their car has become my, my favorite kind of cinema so i i love the show guys it's really smart it's really funny you. your your uh, most recent episode i want to ask a few questions about but let me just begin with the dumb question how did the doom scroll podcast come to be i mean having a super smart comic and a super smart writer is a really great concept how did you guys wind up bringing this uh this show this was all matt's idea uh, well, okay. Yeah. So I guess that's <laughs> I true. I bet it was. Um, well, yeah. Well, so it, it all started that. So I have another podcast called Theory of Change. And I had, I, I used to, so my background before doing all the stuff that you mentioned, uh, I worked in right wing media as a, as a entrepreneur. And I started a bunch of their major websites like Newsbusters and the Washington Examiner. And then I realized, fuck, 
Oops, uh, I don't know if I can say that on. Oh, it's Sirius XM. Can, that's, that's, this uh, is the House of Howard Guild. It's, it's actually encouraged, Matt. It's encouraged, please. <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, eventually I, I realized, oh man, these guys are a lot freakier and awful than I realized. Uh, so I switched sides and then I, and I decided I've got to do something to educate everybody to figure out what was going on. But anyway, so one of my former experiences, I used to produce a right wing comedy show, uh, television and syndicated. Uh, <laughs> and it was, yeah. And it's, what show it's, was, what it, show was it, that, Matt? What show was that? It was, was called it the Mike the... Huckabee show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was not. I, I, I actually just watched that for the first time. It's awful. Uh, uh, wasn't that great? I, he, uh, he had like boy, 20 you know... Christmas trees in his studio. Like, I don't even know how he could have fit any more trees in that studio. He wanted I, to make sure I tell he you, didn't I, forget. I, I watched that show and I, I now believe in Satan. I didn't before, but now I believe in Satan <laughs> after watching that. But I just, I'm curious because I find, Lisa, you probably know this. There's tons mm -hmm. of really funny conservative comics there's not a ton of really funny conservative comedy because to some degree, doesn't conservative comedy mm -hmm. have to be about punching down a bit? If not punching down, punching the people who are trying to help those who are down. It always yeah, seemed like, like when, you know, when Fox tried to have the half hour comedy hour, it's like at some point you're, you're, you're winding up like just making fun mm -hmm. of politicians who are trying to get people health care. It's so funny to me because I'm like, there's so much to make fun of with progressives. I mean, we can be very ridiculous, but it, I feel like something is broken. Whatever breaks their brain to think like that, that the welfare system is what's broken over, yep. you know, undertaxing the rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> over corporate greed. Uh, like that's what really what's fucking us more. I, I feel like the same piece that breaks their brain in that way is like, they just they don't know how to formulate an actual punchline so they'll see you know a, a trans person doing something and they're like that's a man and it's like yeah. I, there's nothing yeah, there's no what's yeah. there there's like never mind it being cruel there's not even a punchline there you know yeah. it's i mean and this easy is, targets easy targets my yeah. Huckabee show is a great example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. to say nothing of the well, Christianity element of it, but yeah, like, you know, kicking yeah. those words down. That's that's Huckabee's beat. Let's let's shit on migrants. Let's shit on trans kids. Let's shit on trans yeah. soldiers who want to defend this country. Uh, I've taken yeah. I've totally taken the question hostage, Matthew, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's also that, um, yeah, the Republican, the Republican Party collapsed in on itself um, that it used to be before, you know, uh, Barry Goldwater and all these, you know, far right people came in and took it over. It was just kind of a regular conservative party that, you know, wasn't against social change. It just wanted it a little bit slower. Uh, but then they sort of collapsed and became this, you know, Christo fascist white you You're know, right. Confederate Christianity Party. And so, Eisenhower would be it, driven from the party yeah. today. Eisenhower would Absolutely. be kicked out of the yeah. party today. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. building be a rhino. the interstates. Yeah. They'd be like, get He'd the be a fuck socialist. out of here. Socialism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Socialist the way, roads. Um, oh, the way that Eisenhower taxed the job creators? Oh, socialism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
So, yeah, but and so, like, if everything is about just your identity politics, that's not funny. Like, you know, no one, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't make jokes if you're, you've got a stick up your ass or rather a cross up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, so t- today, obviously, we, we, I had a bunch of questions I was planning on asking you guys. And then the Colorado Supreme Court decided to give us the story of the month and maybe the story of the campaign. Uh, Donald Trump is now legally barred from appearing on the ballot. I I began the show with a long rant about it and went deep into the Civil War history, Mm -hmm. and it it was about the Confederates. And I've always considered Donald Trump to be our second Confederate president. Um, I've never seen a president defend monuments to those white supremacist douchebags more than him. So, uh, uh, you know, my problem is legally, I get it. He is disqualified. He's unfit for office. Politically, I'm terrified what this means. I'm terrified of the violence that can result. I'm terrified of the fact that Trump's going to fundraise off of it and that every time a Democrat says we're the party fighting for democracy over the next year, there's going to be 100 Republicans saying, then why can't I vote for who I want to vote for in Colorado? Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, are you able to see it in one way or, or do you need to be talked off a ledge, too? See, I feel like it's a, it's a fun story. I'm like, yay. <laughs> um, That's how I feel. I feel like I'm a fan not, of the debate. The Supreme, yeah, the Supreme Court's not going to let it go. He should be disqualified. As far as fundraising, I just don't understand how much more money, like this, the mega psychos on the right that are like, just blindly follow him and don't understand anything about politics or the world at all. And that are truly, truly in the cult. I'm like, how much money do these people even have? Cause I feel like yeah. he's lost. Uh, my mom voted for Trump and now she won't talk about it. She's so embarrassed that she voted for him the first time around. Uh, my dad will never let her forget. So that's fun for me. Um, I love your but dad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had friends in D.C. who've been telling me for the past several months, they're like, prepare for a lot of violence in 2024. So I don't I've been expecting that. So I don't know that that I I agree with your point of view, John, uh, and your your worries. But I I don't I feel like we're at such a level that I'm like, is there more beyond this? (laughs) Can they give him more money? Yeah, well, I, I, I I do want to step back just for one second, though, and that is that so one of the arguments that you hear from people that, you know, want to keep Trump on the ballot is that, well, he hasn't been convicted in court of, of insurrection or you know anything related to January 6th. And he, and he was, uh, you know, not found guilty by the Senate, uh, right. except for that. Senate trial was a scam. And we and we shouldn't mm-hmm. forget that, that, you know, the That's House right. in Nancy Pelosi impeached Trump with plenty of time left in his term to allow the Senate to kick him out during his term of office. And Mitch McConnell deliberately refused to allow the trial to happen until Joe Biden had taken the, the White correct. House. And so, uh, so, and and then, and at the time, the Republicans were like, oh, well, we, we, can't, ha- we can't convict him from office, or, you know, we can't convict him because he's not in power anymore. And we'll let right. the legal system sort- hold him accountable. And now, <laughs> fast mm-hmm. forward, now they say, oh, we can't hold him accountable because he was not uh, removed by the Senate. So it's like, we're, we're stuck in this, this they, they want us to be stuck in this limbo where we can't do anything to hold this shithead accountable. And, you know, yeah. the reality <laughs> is uh, people... People need to not you always need to keep that in mind and never let your your uh, Republican acquaintances forget that. 
Thank you. <laughs> I will That's never. Starting point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't let my Republican acquaintances forget fucking Iran Contra. Okay, like I'm not even in the <laughs> Iraq War with them now. I'm all over these douchebags about fucking Iran Contra. Iraq, I'll save for next year. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I was curious. You know, who who do you guys think would make the best running mate for Trump? It seems like DeSantis is off the list, and maybe he and Nikki Haley are running a brilliant rope a dope right now, and they'll be a very strong <laughs> ticket together. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I think the weakest possible ticket would be Trump and Trump. Uh, at this point, I think, you know, he'll he'll have fucking Kid Rock's hepatitis as his running mate. But I'm curious, who do you think would you like to see? Who do you think he probably would pick to be a, a running mate on this ticket? I mean, best as in most entertaining. I'll take that. <laughs> sure. I, Kid Rock. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's going to be some psycho. It's good. It'll be watch it be. um Ted, What's his name? Ted Nugent. WWE. Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Vince McMahon. I know he. I know from friends that worked on uh, WWE that he would call Vince McMahon at all hours of the evening asking advice. So that was really who was running our country. Sorry to let you guys know. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, they, listen, really I, Vince showed. McMahon. If you're going to fake it, go to a guy who made billions learning how to fake it for yeah. a generation. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I yeah. just feel like he's most likely because Roe v. Wade, I, I think we can agree, is going to drive people to the polls much more than Joe Biden or Joe Biden's record. And I, I think it's yeah. probably a safe bet that he's going to pick a woman as a running mate. I would imagine oh, he's yeah. going to be convinced yeah. that he has to. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, South uh, uh, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. Um, that's yeah. who he's going to pick because she's she's not too flashy, uh, but she's very good at she's still in good with the billionaires uh, because like you know Trump he's he wants everything to be under his direct control so the you know Charles Koch hates him and a lot of these other billionaires do but you know they they've got Christy Noem on a short leash and so uh, she's good for him in that regard and you know and she's a woman so he can he can pretend that he's not going to uh, go after women's rights i mean you know like yeah, just exactly. the, they just had choice. that yeah, and they just had that that uh, right wing turning point USA conference uh, in Oh, Arizona. wasn't that great? I, I got a satellite dish to watch that in the original German. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Well, no, and they, and they had this guy uh, named Jason Whitlock who uh, is a host for The Blaze, and he got up and he gave a speech saying, "You know, I think the idea of women voting is overrated." Uh, we need to repeal the 19th Amendment and have household voting because who says everyone has to have a vote? And by the way, this is a black guy saying that, which is. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Well. Also, household voting. I'm the only one in my household. So does it then kick back to me or does my dad vote in my favor? So then does he vote twice? I feel like this one is of the arguments, one of the arguments they used, but one of the arguments used against women's suffrage was if a lady votes, she's just going to cancel out her husband's vote. So it's like no one voted. What's the point? And that was legitimately for years, for years. That was yeah. the reason they used for this. I, I mean, I, I mean, you joke, but then my mom voted for Trump. <laughs> so yeah. She may have canceled out my dad's Biden, vote in yeah. Florida. <laughs> but 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 not in 2020. Right. Your mother got off the dead inside list. Right. Yes. Thank God. Thank God. It was yeah. just 2016. Trump always leads with white women who are dead inside. So I'm always happy to see someone get off, get off of that list. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is progress. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
there's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. Let me ask you guys, you just had a very fun episode of your show where you, uh, and, and the show's on YouTube, people can watch on YouTube, where you did an episode on, on Taylor Swift, uh, who I'm glad someone in the media is finally talking about this chick. Thank you for raising her profile. But you, you were talking about, you know, how she's been triggering the right wing big time because mm -hmm. she's seemingly, I guess, uh, a regular plain old Democrat, um, that she has views that are shared by the majority of Americans. And yeah. my God, you're right, though. They've been so t triggered. I mean, and nothing controversial she said or done. And it got me wondering, you know, like they were mad that Time magazine had made her the person of the year, which <laughs> is so <laughs> yeah. great that Time magazine has such power over the emotions of incels. <laughs> I'm about that. Yeah. Reader's <laughs> Digest said I was the best comic in the country. So here we are. Oh, God damn it. I wanted that Reader's Digest award. Uh, my, my question is, I, I've kind of believed for a long time that umbrage is our, our national addiction and that umbrage mm -hmm. is the one thing I think that liberals and conservatives really share in common the most, that no matter what your background, for whatever reason, Americans are addicted to being offended about shit. And nothing makes us, and liberals, you guys know, liberals who I agree with do it as well. It's umbrage gasm mm -hmm. all yeah. over the place. I mean, with yeah. the Taylor Swift thing, it seemed like a lot of folks just wanted an excuse. You know, George Harrison always said, as long as you hate, there will be people to hate. And in the case of Taylor mm -hmm. Swift or in the case of uh, this this uh, young trans woman that Budweiser gave a ceremonial can to as promotion, it seems in <laughs> all of these cases, it's a bunch of right wing douchebags who want to clutch their pearls about something and are looking for a reason to be outraged. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. The people okay. who, who say, fuck your feelings, sure have a lot of feelings like that's <laughs> don't that's for one thing. Um, but then it's also that that, yeah, they you know, and, and they say they want government to be out of your lives. But on the other hand, we have to have the federal government into every classroom, you know, and making sure that uh, the, the, the teachers are censored and the principals are censored and the public libraries are censored, you know, and like so much for local control, which they also pretend to love. And, you know, it's it's all so much bullshit. And, you know, but the reality is they the hypocrisy is actually the core of what they're doing, because. The real argument that they have, the only one that they actually care about, which is, is that people like us should be in power, right? Christian, yeah. you know, far right Christians who are white. That's that's it. Like nothing else matters. It doesn't matter the form of the government. It doesn't matter what bills or what you want on taxes or abortion. I mean, hell, Donald Trump has taken, you know, over his life, you know, 20, two or three different positions on abortion. He was a Republican. He was yep. a Democrat. He was in the Reform Party. It doesn't fucking matter <laughs> with these guys. It All that matters is and, you know, and, and even now, like they, you know, he's got the evangelical, uh, you know, vote. 
you know, felching him every day. But the reality is they all know he's not religious. And now he just the yeah. other day actually don't today care. was saying Joe Biden is not religious enough. He's not yeah. Christian enough. <laughs> it's because and it's because it's they're so not Christian silly. either. They're not Christian either. None of them give a rat's ass about what's actually in the New Testament. They think that Jesus hates the same thing they hate. Women who have abortions, migrants, gay people. I mean, it, it, none of it's Christian. And Matt, you get points for using the word felch, but you get more points for bringing up the Reform Party. Because Reform Party you know, in 2000, people forget Donald Trump has run for president and lost the popular vote three times already. This will be the fourth next year. Thank you for reminding us about Reform Party. I'm, I'm so sorry, Lisa. Go ahead. Uh, oh, you're fine. I was going to say my theory is, you know, anger is really exhausting. I grew up w- with a <laughs> with anger issues and I just I don't get that angry anymore because I just don't have the time to sideline my day. I'm like, I just yeah. want to have peace. It, people piss me off and I'm like, whatever, who cares? Because just because it's so exhausting to be angry. And I think both sides get their constituents worked up about shit that doesn't matter so that we can't say, wait a second, why do we have health care? What? How, how are you taking so much taxes and we don't have a single fucking new road in the entire state? Like, why is education crumbling? <laughs> like, I feel like if you stay mad about Taylor Swift, you don't have time or energy to get mad about anything else. You're just like, but that's the policy. Laser focus that's, on this shit. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. that's, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden all day. Uh, if if Republicans mm-hmm. and, and I and I get what you're saying, I don't totally agree. Democrats are the same on this. They passed infrastructure. There are Democrats trying to. Do oh yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but like, I mean, you know, I'm just saying we're Repu- not totally innocent. You know, totally. Oh, I, I, I'm not a Democrat. I'm with you. But but like mm-hmm. if the Republicans who are talking about Hunter Biden all day long, here's my point. If if they actually had policies that would help working Americans, if they had policies that would help the lives of non-millionaires they believed in, that's all they'd talk about. They wouldn't want to talk about <laughs> Hunter Biden, but they don't have anything to offer non-millionaires but umbrage. So it's going to be a lot more mm-hmm. trans kids and Bud Light and Hunter Biden bullshit. Oh, I mean, yeah, trans totally. kids in Bud Light sounds like you could have a lot of fun. You're, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, because that's, that's a whole weekend there for some Isn't that like a, a yeah. third of the federal budget right there? Yeah. But you know what? No, I'm sorry. Just to go back, like this whole, like, and, and the mainstream media, they also get sucked into this bullshit as well, because, you know, like they, Trump has, has created this label for himself as populist quote unquote, populist. He's not a fucking populist. He hasn't done <laughs> jack shit for the average American. You know, like he in terms Correct. of he, he he made their costs go up like every every single thing that Trump did, except for, um, you know, uh, like his his uh, having more oil drilling, which had some effect on lowering gas prices. Everything else that Donald Trump did no, it didn't. Inflation. I'm sorry, it didn't. But it didn't. Oh, oh, <laughs> drilling in America, you you could drill on every inch of ground in America right now, and it wouldn't impact our gas prices for years. It, what he what he did, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump's the reason why Biden had high gas prices because he got OPEC OPEC to cut production during the pandemic, and that's what I mean. COVID gets the credit for the low gas prices, but yeah, morons exactly. didn't believe in COVID give Donald Trump credit. You're you're right about that, and he took credit yeah. for things Barack Obama did. Obama's unemployment rate, you know. I always say to these people, pick one Obama economic trend that Trump reversed instead of continued. Yeah. It's always a mediocre yeah. white guy taking credit for shit the black guy did. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and then also, you know, he raised tariffs, which raised prices, and then he had his tax cut for millionaires, which increased inflation, and then made it so that uh, gov- the government couldn't spend as much money. So, like, it just all of the and uh, and everything he did ca- was contributing to inflation, and then he cut regulations on companies, which allowed them to, you know, like hedge funds yeah. become more speculative in in oil prices and futures, and so like all of these things started happening, um, and 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 there's this real issue of greedflation, and but you thank know, you, like, I love that term, but, but Joe Biden doesn't talk about that, and people, you know, yeah. they. And and Republicans are out there saying, you know, every 24-7, Joe Biden caused inflation, Joe Biden caused inflation. And it's like, look <laughs> at every other fucking country in this world. That's they right. have inflation. And it's a lot lower here than in and other And we're countries. doing better. But but I agree. My yeah. producer, my producers and I were having this conversation earlier tonight, how Joe Biden has got to stop using the words inflation and start using words like greed and price gouging, because that's exactly what it is. Here's, yeah. here's my big question now, as the year comes to an end. Was the whole Bud Light kerfuffle the silliest thing, the silliest controversy of 2023? Or did we get any sillier than that? To me, Budweiser deciding that they want to be good capitalists and expand their audience by giving a souvenir can to a trans influencer, that's smart business. That's capitalism. That leads to Kid Rock using an AR-15 against beer he's already paid for on his grounds. (laughs) It's hard to think of a sillier bit of bullshit in 2023 than that. But I thought I'd ask you guys because you cover it pretty well. You know, I have a hard time cataloging all these things in my brain because I think it (laughs) it feels like worms in my brain. But two things, Kid Rock never stopped carrying Budweiser products at his restaurant, bar, whatever the fuck it is. In Nashville. And then also, I, I love, love the way the right boycotts, which is to buy a fuckload of the thing and then destroy it. It's like... You purchased it. There you brilliant. You morons. Take that, Bud Light. Now all you've got is my cash. That's all you've got, Bud Light. (laughs) And I have nothing. Do you remember yeah. when people were buying Keurig machines and like throwing them off of balconies? Oh, because yeah. they were- I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I, I loved it. It's so Beautiful. good. They were, oh. they were owning Please the boycott Keurig. my comedy. And by that, I mean, buy all of my merch. <laughs> <laughs> Do it every yeah. you can burn, burn your T-shirts, Lisa. Yes. <laughs> are, you, are, are you guys, as fans of comedy, are you as sad as I am to see George Santos leaving? I thought they should have kept him there. I thought Democrats should have made him the face of the party. He deserved to be Speaker of the House at this party, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what, what John, do you think he'll about never driving leave my him heart. <laughs> he'll never. never leave my heart. Listen, we'll have him on our show. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you hey, listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the very least, we can pay him some money on Cameo to endorse it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and any uh, thoughts on uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, who uh, uh, I think is about to have a very difficult McCarthy-esque year. He seems to have realized oh, yeah. the only way he can move forward is to work with those Democrats and not shut down the government. And that's what got the last guy fired. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it, no, it, it is this. We, uh, Republicans leaders in, in Congress are stuck in this sort of groundhog day of bullshit uh, from hell. Uh, like they, they always go through the same problems because they never learn their lesson. They never try to rein in the right wing because Congress doesn't have that many fucking jobs. Like literally, they only have to, <laughs> to, to to confirm nominees and 
you know, pass the federal budget. Those are the bare minimum of things. And by the way, this Congress currently in session is the least productive in modern history. In a hundred years. It is official now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, but so, yeah, like Mike Johnson, even though he is a far right creationist freak, you know, uh, weird, sick thing with his son in porn like aside from all that uh which which apparently makes him desirable to the right wing that is he shares his porn habits with his son um but nonetheless <laughs> that's not uh, that is not that don't make me defend this guy that is not true he just has the same app that josh Ducker was easily able to get around when he was watching child porn let's be fair okay Okay, yeah, that's true, and and he could buy that that beer calendar that they had of the right wing women and just look at that. <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, but anyway, but so aside from that, yeah, like he 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 does. He keeps running into the same scenario, this Groundhog Day scenario. Like it, literally every other Republican before him, they have they they once they get into the Speaker of the House position, they're like, oh fuck, we actually have to do something. Um, I, I I can't just, you know, get up on TV and whine and complain about shit. I actually have to pass laws. Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess I'll do it. And then that's the beginning of yeah. the end. As soon as that and that's happens. how they get fired. I mean, but that's 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 those fucking young guns, right? All the young guns of the Obama years of the Paul Ryan and the Eric Cantor and then Kevin McCarthy that these Republicans shoved down our throat. And they all thought, hey, let's feed the Nazis to get more powerful. And they fed the yeah. right wing of their party. And then the right wing ate them all. It shows if you feed Nazis, <laughs> Nazis will think you're food. I mean, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Guy. true. And and yeah, you. I mean, the only way you can deal with these people is to kick their ass. And until Republicans <laughs> learn that, you know, they're going to be this, you know, sideshow bullshit party that is loathed by normal people everywhere. I mean, and that's and by, like that. Kick- but yeah, I would say and like that's the problem that Joe Biden has is that Republicans broke government. But mm-hmm. Joe Biden didn't tell the average American that that happened. And like, the, yeah, the, you know, like the New York Times, they they ran a story yesterday um, on their uh, uh, opinion page. They uh, they have a, a, a writer there uh, named uh, Maya. I'm, I'm, I'm only mentioning her name so people can look it up. Mara Gay is her name. Uh, she okay. did a, a bunch of interviews with rural Georgia voters uh, who are black. And they're all talking about, you know, like, oh, my student loans, I have these problems with them and I've, you know, I can't make payments on this and that or uh, my uh, I can't, you know, I can't get on uh, snap food stamps because I, I it's like all these problems that they're talking about to her are caused by Republicans. Yeah. But then but, but they they're blaming that. Joe Biden for them. They're yeah. blaming Joe Biden for them. And, and, and Joe Biden, you know, and Democrats like. They need to get over this. Like if you if you are tired of the right wing brainwashing people through, you know, whether it's talk radio or whether it's Daily Wire, any of these other bullshit things, you have to do something about it. Don't just sit there on your ass. You have to start spending on something other than TV ads like. That's well, the then reality. let me ask you, let, let me let me ask you our final question. And I want everyone to subscribe to the Doom Scroll show as well. Um, what does Biden need to do? We you know, I, I think Joe Biden was elected for two reasons uh, to be not Trump, to get rid of Trump and to be the good grandpa to lead us out of covid. And he's done those two things. And since then, I'm not a Biden guy, but I've been astonished at how hard he's fought, how liberal he's been and how much he's tried to do. The last two months have kind of tested my patience a bit. And I'm curious, what do you guys yeah. think this this old man needs to do to defeat the other old man? 
running for office. <laughs> Lisa, what would Biden need to do I mean, to turn people on and drive? Because again, I don't think people are going to vote for Biden. They're going to vote against fascism. They're going to vote for reproductive rights. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what can I Biden do he to help? Start, he could Venmo me $20,000 at <laughs> Olympia <laughs> Lisa <down>. Curry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I don't know. They'll never I look say, into that. I mean, there's, there's some <laughs> things that I've been um, really disappointed about, and I, I will be voting uh, against fascism and not for biden i'm really first of all i don't want another octogenarian president i've i've i can't take it anymore i don't know keith richard keith richards would be awesome i'd vote for him in a second i would vote for keith richards (laughs) i take it back yes i would vote for keith richards i would vote for anyone of the stones (laughs) even even uh i would there's dead rock stars i would vote for over most politicians at this point um i'm i don't know i'm really disappointed i feel like like you were saying uh abortion rights are going to be a good like a way to get people out to vote and it it does feel like they let roe fall for fundraising and voting purposes and i'm like I'm still going to vote on the left, but also fuck you. But how could I'm they have so stopped? Mad how about could it. they have stopped? How could they have stopped? Because it? I mean, it was Barack Obama. It was could, a, Barack Obama could have fought harder to get Merrick Garland on the court. Barack Obama could have done more for Merrick Garland. Yeah, I, I, I agree mean, with that. But it was just like this organized effort over decades. Like we, anybody that's been kind of like paying attention to what's bubbling you. up in the state. He's talking about like the Federalist we, Society. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I just, all I blame, of this stuff I blame, has been coming down the pipe for years. I you know. know. I just, I, bl- I like blame dudes in swing states. I, I'm with yeah. you. I just, I blame, sure. I blame guys yeah. without uteruses in swing states who are too fucking pure <laughs> to vote for Hillary. And that's why we're in this mess now. Uh, Matt, oh, boy, any, yeah. anything that you think that Biden needs to do? Uh, well, I think if he could get a ceasefire, with Israel and Palestine, that would be very yes. helpful to him. And then, you know, if he would actually get out there and start fucking t- telling people about what this shit is going on. Again, like with the student loan thing, um, you know, the right wing has stopped, has, you know, gone out against that lock, stock and barrel every chance they get. You know, like and, and, and yet the average person doesn't know this happened. Like if you've got student loans, Joe Biden is trying to get you some relief. And Republicans are trying to stop that. They're trying to fuck you over. And, you know, and and, and he should just fucking talk about it. Like, it's outrageous. And no one knows. Biden has already forgiven more than one hundred thirty billion dollars in student loans. And no one's talking about it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I've been so looking forward to this. Everyone needs to subscribe to Doom Scroll. Matthew Sheffield and Lisa Curry. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work? Miss Curry? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. There's an Olympic gold medalist named Lisa Curry. She took our name, so I took Olympian. So that is me. <laughs> All right. Please come back when your special opens, Lisa. We want to please we'll promote it for <laughs> yes, you. And Matthew, definitely. I would love to. Matt, um, how do we yeah, follow you? Well, you, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Matt Sheffield, S-H-E-F-F-I-E-L-D. And then you can also get the show uh, at Doom Scroll Show on Instagram and on Twitter as well. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Guys, this was totally yeah. fun. You're welcome back on this show anytime. It'd be a pleasure to have you back. And thanks. I love what you guys do. We have to hit a break. We'll be right back with your calls in just a moment. This is Progress. Progress. 
everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. And welcome back to Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. Quick reminder, the next sexy liberal comedy tour is going to be in San Francisco at the Herbs Theater on January 20th. One year to the date before someone's sworn in as president. Uh, if you missed the last one, you can still see the last sexy liberal show with me and Stephanie Miller and Frangela and House Sparks and Malcolm Nance and all the guests. Uh, Ron Perlman's in that one. That's at SexyLiberal.com. All right. Uh, you might have heard this. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, there's a new Biden impeachment inquiry. Here is Hakeem Jeffries earlier today um, giving us a reminder that this particular impeachment inquiry is without any merit or the slightest of evidence. This has been an ongoing investigation, understand, from the very beginning on January 3rd when they couldn't get their act together. Fifteen different dysfunctional votes before they caved to the extremists. From the very beginning of this Congress, they've been after President Joe Biden, and they want to try to get to him in any way possible, including targeting President Biden's family. No evidence in January, no evidence in February, no evidence in March, no evidence in April, no evidence in May, no evidence in June, no evidence in July, no evidence in August, no evidence in September, no evidence in October, no evidence in November, no evidence in December. And they're still at it. This is an epic fail. Don't ask me. Ask Chuck Grassley. Dude nailed it. I am so pleased to welcome our next guest of the show. Why? Because she is one of the best writers about politics in all of American media. And anytime we can get Digby, we won the lotto. Heather Digby Parton is a contributing writer to Salon. She's been called one of the leading and most admired commentators on the liberal progressive blogosphere. She writes incredibly sharp pieces that cut to the heart of the current state of American politics. Heather Digby Parton, welcome back to Sirius XM. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, listen, I'm so thrilled about it. I, I got you another impeachment inquiry for Christmas. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Nothing I love more. Well, I, I'm dying to talk to you about it because I've actually been a little bit impressed. And I don't get to say this often, but I've been a little bit impressed at how legacy mainstream corporate news media has been pretty skeptical about this. And unlike a lot of things in our politics, they're not viewing this impeachment inquiry as potential ratings crack They're They kind of seem to be calling bullshit on it. How, how, how bad is it for the GOP House to look this desperate that even the mainstream media, which lives for controversy and ratings, isn't really picking up the ball and running with this one either? It is. It really does say something, doesn't it? Um, and, and what you say is absolutely true, especially with something like this, this sort of scandal, impeachment scandal that they're talking about, because it features Hunter Biden and they've got the laptop, they've got nude pictures, they've got drugs, they've got all kinds of things in this that normally the mainstream media would just be lapping up with a spoon. Yeah. Um, but they 
they seem to have recognized that this is this is number one. It's disgusting whenever they've done it in the past, and it's just. I mean, all you have to do is think back, not just all the way back to Bill Clinton, but just to look at the way that they that they treated Hillary Clinton uh, in 2016 with this sort of thing. And, you know, they've been, this has been sort of a habit of the mainstream media for many, many years now. Um, but this time they seem to have, uh, they seem to be understanding the, the real dynamic here. And it, it is partially what Hakeem Jeffries said that, you know, they just want to get Joe Biden. Of course they do. But it's also because they're all under orders from Donald Trump. He's demanded this impeachment. He, he is absolutely insistent that they do it as payback for his impeachment. You know, if only there was a little bit more time, I'm sure he'd want them to impeach Joe Biden three times so that he, he could beat Trump's record. Um, <laughs> and, that is, and, you know, that's really, you know, that's, that's kind of illustrative of, of everything that's going on in the, in the, the House majority there. Um, but it's all a matter of trying, you know, this whole thing is about trying to help Trump get reelected and to serve him in his interests and the interests of the, the MAGA cult. And, and that's all they're doing. It has nothing to do with governance. I mean, look at the mess that, that you know, is brewing there. That's been there for the whole year. This has been the worst. In fact, I think it, it's been shown that it has, it's the least productive Congress it is the depth of the depression in 1932, and yet they've had time to go through this entire mess with the speakership. They took them how many times to just elect, you know, Kevin McCarthy back in January, then this mm-hmm. new one where they're, you know, they got rid of him, and then the whole storm and wrong around, you know, who was going to replace him, and now they're going to do an impeachment. In the meantime, they're not passing any legislation, and it's very, very likely, not absolute, but it's very, very likely that they're going to shut down the government because they can't get these bills passed that are absolutely necessary. I mean, it's, it's just shocking. And I think that maybe, maybe the media has awakened <laughs> to what's actually going on for a change. You're so right. I mean, this, they're, they're having an impeachment investigation in search of a crime. That's what it is. I mean, it, this is not objective ge- evidence gathering. They are trying to gather evidence to fit the conclusion they have already agreed on. And I, I, I praise the press cautiously on this because to me, I think the press has to be asking these people, why are you impeaching him? Why are you doing it now? And why is impeaching him now a priority instead of aid for Israel, aid for Ukraine or aid for the goddamn border you claim to care so much about? Why is this more important and why is it so important to vote for this impeachment and then go on vacation for three weeks? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, they're going they're They left, I guess, already. Uh, I think the Senate's going to keep working or they have some intention to keep working until they can you know, try and hammer out a a deal on this Ukraine-Israel border funding business. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they vote for impeachment and then and then go out of town for three weeks. This is after they already just took a vacation. I mean, they take more vacations than, well, except for Donald Trump, who also took a lot of vacations. Um, Indeed. You know, this is, I, I, I hope that the press continues to press this, and I don't know that they will. But I don't think it's avoidable. I mean, one of the things I think that's pretty obvious is that this is not going to be good for Republicans. And I hesitate to say this because everything is... No, so say up. it. Say it. It's true. You know, but, well, you know, I mean, it's just you, you don't want to sort of go out on a limb with something like this. But, you know, this for one thing, these sorts of things rarely do um, 
you know, redound to the, the Republicans' benefit. They often overreach with this kind of stuff. And this one is particularly the case. This, there, there is no evidence of any kind of, of corruption on the part of the president. That just, it doesn't exist, and they've been at this for years now. There was a special counsel, this one investigating Hunter Biden, that was also mm-hmm. looking at all this stuff, and they didn't find anything. There That's just right. is no evidence of this, and, and, and it, even if it, you know, they, it doesn't pass the smell test or whatever, there is not even any real smell test. Most of the things that they're, that they're you know, saying that Joe Biden may be guilty of if they can only find the evidence took place when he wasn't in office. I mean, this, this makes no right? sense. Right. Particular- this is the new thing now. If we, we're, we're able to impeach presidents for things they did years before they were elected to high office. Can Democrats go back and impeach Donald Trump for Trump University and stealing from vets now? Well, I mean, it's I it's, certainly it's, think they should. I mean, yeah, and they should they should do it the first chance they get if this is the new and, and not to mention the fact you don't even have to go back to when Trump was before Trump was in office. You can go back to when he was in office, and and this kind of corruption that they're accusing Joe Biden of, they were doing blatantly during the Trump administration. Let's just you know just for a minute here. Remember, Trump had hotels and resorts all over the world, and particularly in the United States including a hotel right there down the street from the White House in, in Washington, where people were commonly from all over the world were coming in there, laying down huge sums of money that went directly into Donald Trump's pocket. That's and right. they had business before the government. This happened day after day after day during the Trump administration. His sons were running around the world. Donald Trump Jr. went to India while Trump was in office, was stated like some kind of a, you know, a king or you know a, a, a you know a pasha, and was they met him at the airport with a big formal greeting and whatever. What was he there for? To sell a, a condo development. That's right. <laughs> he wasn't there on a mission from you know the white the Trump White House. He was there doing business for the Trump Organization. This stuff happened over and over again. And then, of course, we know the big one, which is right after they left office, within months, Jared Kushner, the former senior advisor and son-in-law of the president, went and Mm -hmm. cashed into the tune of $2 billion of Saudi Arabian money. Now, there's some corruption for you, and that's absolutely obvious. Talk about trading on your name. (laughs) You know, the Trump Trump people, that's their lifeblood. So here they are trying to to project this onto the the penny-ante stuff that the Bidens were doing. It wasn't even the Bidens. I'm I'm falling into their trap. That Hunter Biden was doing. His father had nothing to do with it, and they feel no shame about it whatsoever. They just, you know, blatantly are out there doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not their job to be honest. It's not their job to be righteous, and it's not their job to serve their constituents or fight injustice. Their job is to get power and keep it. That is it. And they really think that this is the way to get there. It really seems like these Republicans only want to do things that are very popular with people who are already voting Republican. I mean, I I thought Roe v. Wade was enough. Heather, but now they're trying to alienate every independent um, and moderate voter in the Midwest 
by doing another impeachment. I mean, Joe Biden's been very successful. He has a booming recovery. It is not translating into the polls. But by God, these Republicans are doing everything they can to make people be on Joe Biden's side and fight for him. I want to play a clip of one Republican who is very, very, very against having an impeachment with no evidence that's only one party doing it. And that is Speaker of the House Mike Johnson in a time machine in the year 2019. Listen four years ago to how this guy talked. The founding fathers, the founders of this country warned against single party impeachments and they had a very specific reason for warning us against that. They said that it would be bitterly divisive, perhaps irreparably divisive for the country. And that's what's happened now. This is the first time in the history of this nation in 243 years that a president has been treated in this manner when one party has has followed and pursued a predetermined political outcome to get to that end. That's that's Moses, uh, Heather. That's Moses himself right there. <laughs> they believe nothing. They believe nothing. And the reason I wanted to play Mike Johnson was, you know, we we're talking about how Donald Trump trying to get the Supreme Court to say that he has executive privilege for life and can never be charged for any laws he broke while president shows how scared he is. To me, Mike Johnson, who three weeks ago was saying there's nothing there for a Biden impeachment, now capitulating to the right wing of his caucus and going all in on a Joe Biden impeachment. It shows me how scared the new speaker is of keeping his job. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And in fact, everything I'm reading just just today, as a matter of fact, on several different different uh, publications have sort of inside, uh, you know, notes about this. You know, they just passed the Defense Authorization Act. Um, That's right. And and it was passed with a majority of Democratic votes, which, as we all know, is for some reason, you know, in in, in Republican mega world, that's a no-no. And Mike Johnson allowed that to happen. And the Freedom Caucus is freaking out. And, you know, his yep. honeymoon, and I predicted this the minute he took office. I said, I don't think that honeymoon's going to last till Christmas. I really don't think he's going to make it. And it really yep. looks like that's happening. They are exactly. really unhappy with him. And it's not, I mean, this is not a guy who's exactly, you know, I mean, he's as, as extreme as it gets in a million different ways. But, you know, the job of the speaker is not supposed to be an ideological position. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, what, what would you call it, a management position, <laughs> and um, he's, he's stuck in there, and you know, right. it's not going to be pretty what happens when they get back. He's having the same exact dilemma that Kevin McCarthy had yeah. that got Kevin McCarthy knocked out of the job, which is he has to keep his power. That's all they care about. But yeah. if you want to keep your power, you have to keep the government running and keep the government funded. And that means you have to work with Democrats. And that is the irony and the contradiction of Republicans. Now, if they work with Democrats to do their job. They can't keep their job because they'll be primaried by the racists back home. So Mike Johnson's in this place where he's realizing, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do exactly what McCarthy got fired for. What red meat can I throw the Matt Gateses so they'll let me get away with what Kevin couldn't do? Exactly. And that's why he the first thing he did was go down to Mar-a-Lago and, you know, lick lick Donald Trump's boots. And, and, you know, pledge fealty to him and say and endorse him officially. Um, But, you know, in the meantime, you've got all these other people who are jockeying for power. I just read a whole thing about how Steve Scalise has a little fiefdom in there and he's sort of waiting in in the wings, waiting for Johnson to uh, Johnson to fall. So, you know, nothing's going to change. Oh, please, please. 
Please, let's see David Duke without the baggage be the front runner for speakership again. Please. Uh-huh. Yes. Before 2024. <laughs> give, give this old old Joe Biden's going to be 97 next year. Give him Steve Scalise to run against America, please. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Heather Digby Parton, I love your pieces in Salon, but I love your blog. Everyone needs to go to digbysblog.net because you have a piece, (laughs) Why Social Media is a Toxic Influence. It's overrun by horrible people and the bots that impersonate them. And all you did was just post Jill Biden's little uh, nutcracker sweet video of the White House decorated for Christmas. Like it's actually Christmas. And then you just put all the right wing paid blue check racist troll comments and homophobic comments dozens and dozens of them it shouldn't be this enjoyable to read but my god the bigots hate some christmas don't they boy do they ever and they really hate it when black people are celebrating christmas it's oh pretty a black dancers what's wrong with oh, you oh, how um, american I, can you get but there's a. I love this piece you have about abortion, where you talk about how you know Niemöller got it wrong. It wasn't first they came for the socialists, and they came for the trade unionists. You write first they came for the women. First, it was the Dobbs decision, revoking half a century of women's right to bodily autonomy. Then came a string of ballot measures and laws passed uh, protecting women's rights. Ohio Republicans immediately declared the voters' will was not binding on their gerrymandered legislative authority. Texas passed its highly restrictive abortion laws. I mean, it just seems like your writing is beautiful, but it just seems like they can't stand it. They know their point of view is not popular with the majority of Americans and they just don't care. I mean, this is the this is the Electoral College Party. They really don't care what the majority of Americans want. No, they have learned that they don't need the majority to retain power. And that's the most dangerous thing that we're dealing with. And, you know, in fact, I wrote a piece today about how you know, this reminds me of 2000, uh, that that was kind of where this whole thing started to really churn, where they recognized that, you know, just sort of brute uh, tactics could allow them to retain power. And, you know, yeah. remember that that election was, um, you know, George W. Bush in his brother's state, That's where they right. manipulated everything. And then they went to the Supreme Court, where his father had, nom- had nominated two of That's the justices. Right that voted in the majority that put him over the top. I mean, and that was the first election in, of, the, of the past, you know, two decades that the Electoral College winner did not win the popular vote. And they know correct. now that minority rule works just fine for them. It's really, really dangerous. I mean, I really hope people are taking this seriously because this is not... This is not normal, kids. If you're young and this is all you've lived with, let, let an old person here tell you it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way it ever was before. It's, no, and it's it's really it's, really wrong here. It's madness, and I'm fond of pointing out every every day here that the Bible is not against abortion. Jesus is not against abortion. Judaism is not against abortion. Israel's not against abortion. But Arizona in 1864 was against abortion. (laughs) And we are now watching people in Arizona with the Supreme Court go to battle over a Civil War era law that made abortion a felony uh, two to five years in prison for anybody who helps a woman obtain one. We're still being guided by this. Well, they're making America great again, like 1864. Those were the good times, I guess. You know, that's when we were really, really rolling. (laughs) 
Oh, these are the very fine people who are out there marching for those Confederate statues. You're exactly right. Do you think that the the Dobbs ruling is really going to be the greatest wind in Joe Biden's sails next year. Our media keeps drumming these negative polls about Biden into us, and I don't really care much because, A, it's a year out, and B, I believe in polls less and less every year. Um, it does seem, however, like the outrage over the gutting of Roe v. Wade's not going away, Heather. I don't think it's going away. And every time you hear a new story of the real ramifications of it, like we just went through with this poor woman in Texas, Kate Cox, and what they put her through. I mean, anybody with a, with a heart, with any sense of decency, could not look at that woman and say, what in the world? How is it possible that Ken Paxton, the impeached but, you know, not convicted attorney general and a bunch of zealots on the, on the Texas court, the Supreme Court could, um, you know, be the deciding force in what this woman did, does with her life, she and her family. It was horrible. And I think if people see themselves in this, and you can see yes. this, this, and it speaks to a bigger thing, you know, to, to, to even more than just the issue of abortion. It's just, you know, they, these, this is supposedly the Freedom Party. Well, uh, that doesn't seem too free to me. Neither does banning books or telling people what they can talk about or telling teachers what they're allowed to teach or, you know, all of this. I mean, this is not freedom. It's, it is not democracy. This is that minor, minoritarian rule and, and the, the authoritarian um, tactics used for them to stay in power and use it to, to literally to punish people with whom That's they disagree. It. You know, this is, this is very, 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 very bad stuff. And I do think abortion, it's, a, it's such a, a personal and intimate issue. And I think it's going to be galvanizing. And I think it symbolizes this bigger issue that we're all grappling with, with who these people are and the fact that they will stop at nothing, clearly, to get their way. So true. So true. One last thing, Heather, and then I'll let you go and enjoy your evening. Um, Paul Ryan emerged from the Fox News shareholders personal gym, I guess, uh, came up today and was saying Trump's not a conservative. He's an authoritarian narcissist. So, uh, you know, he's a populist authoritarian narcissist. And I'm really glad that our media has not decided to rehabilitate Paul Ryan just yet. I'm glad we haven't gotten so bored. We're talking about how good things were with Paul Ryan. My memory of Paul Ryan is that Paul Ryan called Donald Trump a textbook racist and then voted for him anyway. And that Paul Ryan backed up everything Donald Trump wanted to do because Donald Trump gave him the Donor Relief Act of 2017, the massive giveaway to billionaires. Um, Paul Ryan is yet another one of these Chris Christie's who was able to look beyond Donald Trump's corrosive venality when it served his purposes. And again, completely in line with Trump's legislative agenda. But now, now he'll come out and say, oh, he's an authoritarian narcissist. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm a big believer in the popular front and, you know, to bring over the apostates. We, you know, we need all the help we can get, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there are plenty of former Republicans who did that. They saw Trump. They saw. They knew what they were dealing with, and they and they made that choice. And I'll even give. I mean, Liz Cheney, not my favorite person, but I will give her some some kudos. I mean, she made a real personal sacrifice. You know, of, of her. Yeah. She you know, did. budding career to do it. And, you know, I. She's, she's not, not a coward. She could have done it. She'd yeah, still she's not be in a coward, Congress. If, she, did if do she was that, a coward. Give, yep. You're right. I give her I give her credit. But the rest of these people, you know, they ran out the string with him as long as they could when they thought that, that it was going to work out for them. And Paul Ryan, I mean, he's one of the worst, really. You know, he was the Speaker of the House. It's not, they not only passed that, you know, despicable 
uh, tax cut for all their wealthy friends the first thing they did and then stood on the, the Capitol steps and all cheered him and gave him all kinds of kudos. They passed the, you know, the, in the House, they passed the, uh, the re, you know, repeal of Obamacare. And it was only That's in the right. Senate that it was saved. He presided over that repeal. So, you know, Paul Ryan can never be a hero. He just cannot. And and then when the going got tough, he slunk off and went on to Fox's board, you know, totally and started right. making money. I mean, nothing about and he hasn't said a word until now. Not, I haven't heard that any of this come out of him yeah, exactly. since he's left government. Suddenly he's there and he's and now that now that uh you know, I guess it's safe for him to do it. But you know what he could do to really make up for it? He could go on Fox News. He's on the board. I think sure they'll could. let him come on the air. And he could say all this stuff to the Fox News audience, not to some obscure podcast, which is, which is where he said it. And it's Amen. amazing that anybody actually picked it up. So, you know, I mean, I got, I've got no feelings for that guy. None. Heather Digby Parton, you are one of the best in the game, and I'm always thrilled whenever we can gaslight and sucker you into coming back on our show. <laughs> what is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you uh, and keep up with all your doings, Digby? Well, I'm on the I'm on the on the old Twitter. I'm still there. Mm. I don't I Thank don't you. you know participate as much as I used to. Digby fifty six. My blog is Digby um, Digby's blog dot net, which I, I mean I'm there seven days a week, so you can always catch me there. I and love then it. I write at Salon Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So brilliant, Heather. Thank you so much, and wonderful holidays to you and your family. I hope you have a great time. Oh, you too. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.